Wagzilla Zero G, and it's me, it's me, it's the old SFD, it's week three SOPs. Man, just rhyming forever this week. That's what happens when you get week three and uh, standard operating procedures. Week three, you and me. (laughs) Week three for you and me. (laughs) I was was digging the rhyming. Yeah, (laughs) just spitting fire. Um, Standard operating procedures are back. And uh, I I don't know if you're keeping score at home, but man, we are freaking crushing it on next week, this week, Swags. Like we've, we we have several guys that we're going to talk about as waiver priorities this week that if we had listed them last week is next week, this week, if you had picked them up, you got them for free and you don't have to try and figure out what kind of fab you're going to throw down on them. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So we'll we'll do more of that. We'll talk about waiver priorities, but uh, you had a good idea. We should really start with the drops, the guys that you can get out of the get them out of the way, make some room, and uh, uh, you know, for some of these uh, some of these free agents, some of these waiver priorities that we're going to talk about later. But like right up front, let's just let's let's clear some space first because there's some freaking there's some dead weight big time the no fun zone get it get it done and move on to the good stuff (laughs) exactly although i'm gonna have i'm kind of gonna have fun dropping some of these guys i gotta be honest and it's really important like some of these names are guys like we had high hopes for talked through the off season we created narratives for not just you and i like everybody you the listeners and i think it's just important man like with some of the available players that are out there now that that you just cut ties and move on and put some points in your lineups yeah yeah exactly so the first one is not fun for either of us um i know you you in particularly uh really like kenny galladay um going all the way back to those detroit days he only he only got on the field for two snaps, not just two routes, not just two targets, two freaking snaps all game. And this is a team starting, you know, illustrious names like Richie James Jr. and David Sills, um, your uh, <laughs> your guy Kadarius Tony. Uh, I, I mean, I think he missed the game if I remember right, but you know, Daniel he played, Bellinger. He had two. <laughs> Three targets this week and two receptions for zero yards. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he did play. Okay. He played hurt, but he played and did not play well. So there you go. But, I mean, back back to Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's not even – he can't even get, you know, Daniel Jones and Brian Dable's attention over Kadarius Toney. Yeah. Right now. So yeah, we're like, we're, Drop we're him. dropping him, make him available as his locker room space. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly. And, it's and I too mean, bad too, man. I, I really thought in this offense and we don't, we said we weren't going to talk about this guys, these guys this long, but I really thought in this offense with the new coaching, I thought that they were going to just kind of tailor it to have Daniel Jones just chucking it a little bit more and getting more comfortable. And I felt that's what Galladay needed was those 50, 50 balls. It doesn't matter. Like it, it's just not, he's just not that guy. Yeah. Not for them. And it's, I mean, it's just wasted money. Um, yep. 
another uh, that was a Gettleman signing, right? Like that was it, it it's it it is kind of strange though to look around that offense. I mean, first of all, you like you need a, a credible passing game. That running game is going to be there for you forever, but you've got to open things up for Saquon. You've got to loosen things up. Yep. And I mean, it 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 feels like Galladay should be that guy. He should be the field stretcher. He should be, you know, he should be the guy that goes and wins for you at all levels. But they won't even let him get on the field. So, you know, it, it, as much as, and I I talk about this all the time here on the Super Show is the fact that, you know, the 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 people who are making the decisions in the NFL are far from the smartest people on earth. Like they're they're I, I, I truly believe that they're fantasy football analysts who would do a better job uh, um, no, managing rosters in the NFL. Then. I agree with that. And sometimes there could be personality issues too. And at the end of the day, the coaches have the control of who gets on the field for whatever reason that is. Yep. And Galladay's not getting there right now. Yep. And at the end of the day, we're a slave to that. So, here yep. we are. He's not getting on the field. He's getting cut. Uh, we already started talking about Kadarius Tony, so you might as well finish him off too. Yeah, I agree. Drop him too. Yeah. Drop the Giants wide receivers that you thought were going to be a little bit better. John's got a Giants wide receiver he wants you to pick up a little bit later. But on the season, played both weeks, and as you said, hobbled, but three targets, two receptions on the season. Week one, all he had was plays out of the backfield. I don't really care. I think you just drop him, move on. I don't know. See if somebody else picks him up. It might be a good thing if they do, honestly, because they drop somebody better, just namesake alone. He's, he hasn't done anything. He has one good game in his NFL career, and he's worse than Will Fuller. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then we've got two tight ends. And uh, so the first one kind of hurts me because I just made a trade in uh, one of my leagues with Peter Howard. In fact, um, he had traded me Pat Fryermuth earlier, uh, bef mm. right before the season started. I and wanted him back after week one. Um, so I traded him Fryermuth and I got back a 2024 first and Hunter Henry. And then, and then Hunter Henry goes out and doesn't even record. Uh, I think he might have got a target or two. One target, zero receptions. Yeah, just disgusting. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot about that New England offense that worked particularly well. Uh, it was basically Jacoby Myers and you know the the collection of running backs. But in yep. the passing game, there's just not a whole lot there that you can trust. There's kind of too much going on. Yeah. This is not that Tom Brady ran Patriots offense that went through the tight end so much. Yep. Not anymore. No. Yeah. I keep waiting on Johnny Smith, too. That's, you know, as much as we want a victory lap on some of the next week, this week, guys, one of them that, uh, that I really missed on was has been Johnny Smith so far. He's just, he's not getting any looks either but uh i don't know that he needs to be dropped i'm with you yet. on that i'm with you on that i'd rather hold him yeah 
and he's probably not rostered nearly as much as Hunter Henry anyways. So it's yep. probably not really a conflict for very many people. And there could be better days ahead for Henry, but man, how can you trust starting him today? Yeah, I agree. And then the last one is Cole Komet, another tight end. Uh, he has yet to catch a pass. <laughs> like, I, I assume that he's getting targets, but he's, I mean, he hasn't caught anything. No. It's just such a low volume offense anyways. And then, I mean, what little bit they have is primarily going to the running backs and a little bit to Darnell Mooney. It's just, I, it, it's not even, it's, it's a strange one for me because, you know, Cole Komet for a lot of people was going to be a, was a breakout candidate going into the season. And yeah, I, you agree. Know, it, I, I thought it was going to be a lot better for Komet. Yeah. And it's not like that upside is gone, but you know, it's, but we've got a couple guys on the waiver wire that yep, you might want to look to them anyway, a lot safer. So I guess that's my question for you with, with these two in particular. I mean, I think, I I think Kenny Galladay probably just gets dropped in all formats. Uh, I think that you're probably advocating for dropping or, I mean, try and sell Kadarius Tony in Dynasty Leagues. Oh, in Dynasty, absolutely. Try to see if you can trade him. Yeah. But, I mean, but if you're not able to to drum up any kind of action on him and, you know, he's at the end of your bench and you've got some of these guys that you could go pick up who are going to be useful to you right now, on waivers are you dropping Kadarius tony in dynasty i'm with you i'm trying pretty hard to trade him and yeah. i think that you can find a partner still that you should be able to get something yeah absolutely get like a third there are we have one two three four one two three four five definite players i would drop on our ads list for him in dynasty. Yeah. In dynasty. What about the tight ends? Would you drop those guys in dynasty? Or are we just talking redraft with Hunter Henry and Cole Komet? Hunter Henry. I would drop for the tight ends on our waiver wire ads. I, mm-hmm. I would definitely drop him. Cole Komet, I I'm with you. I think there are better days ahead and you can't, it's so hard to drop them, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah. It's tough for me to find somebody I like better in some of the formats that like you and I are used to playing in where I feel like I'll be able to drop even Hunter Henry would be a tough drop in dynasty. Yeah, I think so too. I'm trying uh, to trade them all in Dynasty. Galladay, nobody's gonna buy from you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you just yeah, you just drop him. I mean, in in kind of the the thing about it is, you almost never just drop somebody to drop them. You know, it's very rare that you find somebody who is worth less than an open bench spot. Um, Kenny Galladay is kind of there at this yeah. point. Like, you know, I, yeah, I would rather just kind of have that open bench spot to, you know, for a late in the week stash or something like that, you know, at this point, but the rest of these guys, you're not necessarily dropping in dynasty, but, uh, you can, 
I think he I'm can, starting to, especially shallower. Yeah, leagues. I'm starting to really want to move them if I can, and I, and I, I don't think once you start that. I mean, we're talking about guys that you could potentially drop, so mm-hmm. don't go out there and try to oversell yourself. You're like you're already almost ready to drop them, so you're just trying to get something. Yeah. Yep. So let's move on to the ads. And before we get going on waiver priorities, I just want to just some kind of some house cleaning here. Just make sure these guys are rostered. Even in super shallow leagues, I think these guys should all be rostered. Uh, In super shallow, super flex leagues, Jimmy Garoppolo should already be on rosters. Um. I mean, in redraft leagues, he probably is not, and we're going to get to that in a second. But in uh, you know shallower dynasty superflex leagues, he should be on rosters. Uh, in uh, most leagues, so there, there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of analysis uh, in the next couple days saying to prioritize Garrett Wilson. I'm in a ten-team, one-quarterback league uh, redraft league. Uh, with, you know, f- not real deep benches, and Garrett Wilson is already rostered. Oh, so wow. I don't know how useful it is to really. I mean, I know that the that the Yahoo ownership is in the neighborhood of sixty five percent, I believe, something like that, for Garrett Wilson. But it's it's went up then on um, Thursday or Friday. Thursday might have been it was at twenty percent, so it's gone up. Oh, okay. Yeah, if it's a twenty percent, that's that's significant. I just I just have a feeling that you know there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of waiver wire articles out there saying you know prioritize Garrett Wilson, and then people are going to go to their waiver wire and they're not going to find Garrett Wilson there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's possible though. It's so weird that the that the ownership percentage is that low when he's so unavailable in most leagues but last week when i did free for all friday mm-hmm. um jameson williams was at 23 percent ownership and garrett wilson was at 20 percent ownership and I, that has to be because oh, people wow. have jameson on ir and they're just and some more people are picking him up and pushing him into ir because it was actually three percent more on the injured Jameson. And then Garrett Wilson went out and was a target hog this weekend. 14 targets. Yeah. The the most that Jamar Chase ever got in his rookie year was 13. In that's one game. crazy. <laughs> and Garrett Wilson just got, and, and that's the thing, like this, the, the analogy for me a little bit with that Jets offense is that Elijah Moore is, you know, and, and we, there was a lot of talk that maybe he's going to be the top option going into the season. To me, the analogy is Elijah Moore is really kind of your T Higgins and Garrett Wilson's your Jamar chase. Now, not, you know, talent wise, I'm not saying Garrett Wilson is as good as Jamar chase. He's not. And I don't think Elijah Moore is as good as T Higgins, but But they're damn good. Yeah. I I hear you. Like, you know, you're going to get some great games from Elijah Moore. There are even going to be times where Elijah Moore outscores Garrett Wilson, but Garrett Wilson's the alpha in that offense, just like Jamar Chase is for Cincinnati. So he needs to be rostered. I think that you're still going to win this thing as far as Drake London looks like 
you know, wide receiver one from this rookie class. Uh, Garrett Wilson was going to be, was my guy throughout the off season. And he looks like he's a close second, but I think it's Drake London uh, is going to win the crown here. Yeah. Um, but he's probably, I assume he's pretty heavily rostered and he should be. Yep. Um, Chris Olave is another one just to make sure he's rostered in those shallower redraft leagues. Uh, just a, a ridiculous. I, he got something like, uh, uh, 365 air yards or something like that is crazy. It's freaking crazy. Um, yeah, they, I mean, it was just like a heroic amount of, of volume for Chris Olave. Uh, and then, uh, the one other guy is, that I want to mention is Tua, and he's not going to be available in any Superflex leagues, kind of regardless of the format. But even in one quarterback leagues, he's available, and he should not be. He should be rostered. We're talking right now about the quarterback one overall in all of fantasy football, especially after the you know 55 points he just put up yeah. uh, against Baltimore. But you know, it, it, it at this point, you know, if you're still holding out hope for, well, obviously Trey Lance, you, you know, you just lost him. Uh, like Trevor Lawrence, give me Tua over Trevor Lawrence. You know, give me Tua over uh, Matthew Stafford at this point. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely over Russell Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Like until further notice, Russell Wilson is not a fantasy starter. Um, yeah, Those there's pissed off Denver fans. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's it's not Russ's fault. It just takes some time, I think, to get acclimated. So, um, it's also a bad coaching staff right now. Yeah, uh, way too junior. But anyways, yeah, to me, Tua is easily one of the top ten to twelve quarterbacks in fantasy football um even though there's some regression coming i still think that he's one of the guys that you need to make sure he's rostered yeah i i agree with that 100 nice so let's get to our priorities number one is jimmy garoppolo you know we jimmy g especially super flex that's that's obviously like we're flexing that right yeah so in a lot of dynasty leagues, like I said, he's probably rostered, but redraft leagues, uh, he is available. Some shallower uh, dynasty leagues, he's available. Like I've got a league that has a uh, three quarterback limit, roster mm. limit, and uh, he's out there still. Um, you know, and and Geno Smith is still out there. Marcus Mariota is still available. But, I mean, I think to me, Jimmy Garoppolo is a higher priority than those guys. So you mentioned before we started the show, what if you lost Herbert? Or, or what if you do potentially lose Herbert for the week? Because we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. You're going Jimmy G and then Mariota if they're available? Yeah, I, th- I, I think your- I would. Yeah. And I like Mariota and I like, you know, I like the weapons, uh-huh. but... Uh, I mean, Mariota's always been one of my guys. But, yeah, I think Garoppolo is just such a natural fit for that system and just has the 
you know, has the chemistry with the pass catchers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just, He's got some weapons too. And you know, another yeah. thing, if you did lose Herbert in dynasty, like John mentioned, there's no way that Jimmy G is available to you right now, mm-hmm. but he might be a player that the people that have him, obviously they're excited to get a new starting quarterback. If they enjoy super flex format and like, cool yeah. things like quarterbacks but he might also be a player that this that team was looking for this window to sell so he might be somebody especially if you're on a team that looks like they're not that good maybe he's your option to try that's your trade target is Jimmy G yeah maybe yeah i like that um and and kind of the bigger one i i mean to me, like the most obvious guy to talk about is Trey Lance. You know, if you just lost Trey Lance off a contender, yeah, you know, that's uh, I think that's uh, that's where you really have to get aggressive about getting a quarterback off of waivers. We talked about Cooper Rush with a fairly high number last week, and that was just for you know what six six ish weeks, six to eight weeks. While Dak Prescott's out, we're talking Garoppolo for the entire season. Yeah. At this point, you know, 15 more weeks. Yeah. So, no, I love that you mentioned that because I'm sitting here talking about Herbert, the guy that might miss time when there's Trey Lance that's out for the season. And I'm talking about the guy that's going to be starting, but no mention of Trey Lance. But I want to ask you this. And this guy's on our waiver wire. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of skipping ahead a little bit. But if you have, Trey Lance and you just lost him in dynasty. Are you putting some fab on chase Daniels just in case and to try to get it in there before the Herbert team? I think I personally, so in this hypothetical, we're saying Jimmy Garoppolo is not available, right? Right. He's not available. Maybe Gino. I mean, he might be, but yeah, we're talking our, our normal ish, like dynasty super flex leagues where the the Mariotas, those guys you mentioned, they're likely gone. Probably even Gino, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you might be able to trade for Jimmy G or somebody, but are you going to try to get Chase Daniels for a week and throw any fab on him or not really worth it to you? Uh, probably a little bit, just on the off chance that the Herbert injury ends up being more than a week. And it gives me a little bit of trade ammo because we talk about it all the time that, you know, the way to trade for a quarterback in Superflex is to give up a quarterback. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's not a not a great move to get, uh, you know, it's to move from, you know, any starting quarterback to Chase Daniels. But, you know, somebody who has Justin Herbert might be willing to give up their third quarterback for for the Herbert handcuff. So, uh, you know, and then obviously a lot more <laughs> on top. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it, it at least gets you willing to give started. you a second or third that you can use in a different trade later. Right. And use your, a little bit of fab on a, a future pick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I think that just to the amount of currency that you get out of a starting NFL quarterback, even if it's just for a small period of time, I think is still worth pursuing. But uh, yeah, from there, what do you want to do with him? 
can really kind of vary. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are really kind of counting on the Trey Lance breakout who are going to throw it into rebuild mode and tank hard. (laughs) So, and I don't know that you want Chase Daniels on your roster, uh, you know, past his cell window. Right. If that's what you're doing. Yeah, Um, I agree. So back to Garoppolo, just real quick. Uh, we, we were talking about a hundred percent fab. Um, at least that's what I put. Uh, is there, is there an argument against that? No, I, I'm all for all of it. Yeah. All in for, I mean, it's, he's a starting quarterback for the season. Yep. All year. And we've seen what it looks like. Yep. So, you know, we even have proof of concept here. So yep. same system, same team. Yeah. So we really kind of have Chase Daniels as our second priority. It's it's very specific. There's kind of a lot of moving parts to this. <laughs> so uh, I I think the easy way to say it is if you have Justin Herbert, Chase Daniels is a high priority. Because we don't know for sure what the what the injury is going to look like for Herbert. We don't know how long he's going to be out. We're recording this on Monday afternoon. We don't even have analysis for you on these Monday night games. Even the one that started early, we don't have anything for you yet. Um, And we don't have any idea yet about the injury to Justin Herbert. We know it sounds gross, fractured cartilage. Like, that that sounds pretty awful. Um, No idea if it's going to result in any missed time or not. But part of the problem is... Uh, they play the uh, the later afternoon game uh, on uh, on Sunday, so you're really going to be kind of limited if he happens to be a game time decision and he ends up missing the game. You're going to be really pretty limited on what you can do to replace him in your lineup. So to me, the easy thing to do is just go get Chase Daniels. Like we know we we noticed that the Falcons the uh, and the Seahawks both play the later games as well. You know, Geno Smith available. Um, Marcus Mariota could be available. Like, those guys could be available on waivers, and you just go, you know, run and pick them up. But to me, just kind of the easy way to do this is to plan on Herbert, and if you don't get him, then you just pivot to Chase Daniels. Yeah. I don't even think you have to bid on Chase Daniels, though. Probably not. Especially yeah. if you're the Herbert team, because you're you're probably the only one that's kind of hoping he is there and available or even worried about it at this point. Yeah. You can probably get him for free. Yeah. That's the thing, though. Is that, uh, is that one of those points where you might price him for Mm, I don't think I would on Chase Daniels because I feel like it's just going to be a week, and yeah. then he's that guy that he's going to get dropped by the end of the season. Honestly, like the Herbert team might end up hanging on to him because of this situation, and um, you live and you learn type thing. But right. man, I, I'm not. Pri- I'm personally not. Yeah, like I don't even care. Like if I see you, the, I mean, true, real, real honesty. If I see you <laughs> go in and like you. You like outbid me on Chase Daniels. I'm just like, yeah, I don't even care. I didn't want to spend that much. It yeah. doesn't even, I mean, phase me, honestly. I might try to make a trade or something or figure yeah. something else out. 
Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's, it's like, it's some pretty deep trolling, but it's also like (laughs) pretty, it's pretty high level strategy, man. Like, especially if I, if I look at my matchup this week and I see them playing the team with Herbert, like I'm <laughs> there you go I do like that if I'm you're looking get a at little that aggressive. I do like that yes <laughs> I do like that yeah I I really want to catch them with only one quarterback in their lineup if I can do it so yeah um let's see we also have uh so next up and I'm just gonna run through these real quick swag so I'll let you sit this out for a minute but uh, our next priorities, it's not a great week for waivers, but we've got Josh Palmer. We've got Gerald Everett. Both of those, both Chargers pass catchers really kind of broke out a little bit. We had both of them, by the way, on next week, this week, uh, last week. That's confusing. Next week, this week, last week <laughs> featured Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett. Great game against Kansas City, and now you have to pay for them. Uh, you have to give up some fab to get them. Uh, Palmer and uh, man, like, what are we looking? I, I actually am gonna pull you back in this. I meant to give you a break, and <laughs> I meant to let you uh, just kind of sit this out uh, while we talk about while I just fire through some ads. But I can. I feel like. Oh man, it, I mean. I don't hate that at all. If if we're being honest, like the listeners not might might not hate it. We can save some time. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's that's I don't know. That's not fun for anyone. The rogue so. hog. <laughs> Plus sometimes I'm a little I, I'm not great at conceptualizing what percentage of fab I want to put on a player, like without kind of talking through it. So we're on Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett, and to me, they're they're right there. Like they're interchangeable. Do you need a wide receiver, or do you need a tight end? So we've got him listed as Josh Palmer first because we don't have great options beyond him at wide receiver. But if you're set at wide receiver and need a tight end, I mean Gerald Everett is a higher priority. So so if you man I this I wouldn't have even thought about this if we didn't have this whole conversation here. We're yeah. going all all chargers. If Chase Daniels starts, do you feel good about starting up Gerald Everett? Or do you not even care? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I would care to you be might honest. Even get it... those like those dump off passes from the crummy quarterback. <laughs> but that's what we want right that's that's what we're supposed to say yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> not out loud but yeah <laughs> we're all thinking it that's <laughs> that was that was kind of the analysis going through my head oh backup quarterback lots of uh short stuff yeah you know easy to read get it to the big body guys like so yeah, so yeah i mean i'm I'm uh I'm comfortable. Dude, I I fired up because as John said at top of the show, like he, Gerald Everett is on our show notes, bold letters because he's a pretty big hit for the show last week. I had I've started him in any league that I had him, mm-hmm. and and I was fine with the nice points. Game. Was he the best tight end the league? Tight end in the league? No, but he did what I needed that for last week. Yeah, and I think we're gonna continue to see that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I'm I think, probably fifty percent 
on Everett and Palmer. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Oh, I was it's so tough. It depends on how deep it is and how how if it's going to get better. But yeah, so I was thinking probably in the neighborhood of twenty percent, but that's going to be like shallower leagues. And then the deeper the league gets, the closer you get to that fifty percent. I think that's right. Yeah, I I think that that range is probably about right. Um, kind of you know situation dependent. Yeah, like I'm definitely getting anybody that you mentioned at the top of the show like make sure they are rostered i'm picking up those guys before these waiver ads we're talking about now yeah tyler algier is number five for us we had him on uh next week this week um so you know high five there uh raheem moster finally gets not only takes on a role but like takes on actually a pretty big role in a game, you know, in a shootout, in a game script that Miami could find itself in fairly frequently. So uh, not necessarily the starter. I, You know, we had Chase Edmonds as a buy last week. I still kind of stand by that. But Mostert's got some standalone value now, too. Um, Tyler Algier, I didn't really give any uh, analysis there. But uh, he ended up being the... Uh, kind of the i i wouldn't even say the change of pace it's almost like he's kind of the hammer in that backfield and cordero patterson is a change of pace even though cordero patterson ends up getting you more fantasy points typically and then uh you know benjamin another next week this week uh ends up being the uh the lead back once james connor went out with that ankle injury daryl williams did uh cut into that so we're We've got him on here too, but uh, Eno Benjamin is a higher priority. And then Jordan Mason, number eight. Um, uh, Tyrion Davis-Price, who was a next week this week, he ended up being heavily involved. Week one, healthy scratch. Week two, he's the second back behind uh, Jeff Wilson. But now he's out uh, with an injury up, I think a high ankle sprain four to six weeks, whatever it is. So now we're <laughs> been trying to avoid Jordan Mason, but here we're just out of running backs in San Francisco. You, so now you have to do it. So there's your guys, Algier, Mostert, Eno Benjamin, Jordan Mason. How many of those guys, if any of them, are you going to aggressively go after meaning 10%? Um, probably all of them, but Jordan Mason and Raheem Mostert. And even as you're talking, I kind of wanted to move Tyler Algier above Palmer and Everett. Mm. Okay. Just like, or at least like, at least like that, that one AB, you know what I mean? Like, I think that they're. I think that Algier might be one of those players that like, as the season goes on, he might get a little bit more usage. That's what typically happens with some of these rookie running backs. And he could be the guy that you wish you'd gone and got. Yeah. Man, last week you were feeling the wide receivers and this week. I like them. (laughs) I like the wide receivers. I I like Palmer and Everett, but I'm just starting to think like maybe it's happening a little bit quicker for, Algier than we thought it would. Yeah. It could be a pretty substantial role. If at any point they just, they finally say with Cordero Patterson, 
all right, this is too gadgety. This is too, you know, too too much finesse. We just need a thumper. Algiers, your guy, yep. you know. Plus, there's the the touchdown upside. There's the you know the short yardage stuff that they haven't had a whole lot of uh, the last year in two games. So, yeah, I don't mind that. We can move him up. Um, so we're thinking. You you'd go more at in least the neighborhood like that of, same twenty percent twenty to twenty five. Yeah. Okay. So kind of depending on what you need, you know, if 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 you're good at wide receiver and you're happy with your tight end play, then Algier becomes you know your top priority. Yeah. Uh, and once Keenan Allen's back, I mean, Palmer goes back to that number three role and maybe even fourth behind Everett. Yeah. And then you get some running backs involved here and there and yeah Eckler yeah. Eckler had like the, the third or fourth most receptions of anybody in the NFL this weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we're definitely going to talk about that so i mean he, he's getting some targets too you know so yeah <laughs> someone I think has gonna... thoughts on that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not allowed to talk about Austin Eckler <laughs> Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, there could be a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And especially if you've got, whether Herbert's playing or not, if he's playing hurt, I think you see a little bit of a pitch count. You try and, you know, you try and limit the passing a little bit. Yeah. We're just kind of talking ourselves collectively out of Josh Palmer a little bit, but I still think he's probably the he's most likely the best wide receiver available other than Kyle Phillips. We should still throw him in. Uh, I know you've got thoughts on him. We just we talked about him last week and we try not to be redundant week. to Yeah. And he's playing tonight, too. So it makes it tough. We don't know what's going to happen. But before we enter the show, I will say he's five percent rostered. I tweeted out really quick, tried to get people to drop like their crummy player from last week and pick up Kyle Phillips. If he, I mean, if he's, if he goes off and has a great week, I mean, he, his priority definitely goes up. That's all you need to know. But Kyle yep. Phillips feels like he's rostered more than 5% on Yahoo, but he's not. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And he should be. So he would be, if we were going to prioritize him for the second week in a row, he'd be wide receiver one. Yep. And, and you'll um, know what happened. I mean, you're probably listening to this Tuesday, so you'll know what happened in the Monday night game and how he played. And you'll know, you'll know if it happened. Yeah. So then we've got Evan Ingram uh, get another tight end in there. That Jacksonville offense for the first time in, you know, uh, several years, in fact, uh, looked competent. And um, he was the highest targeted player on the team. Yeah. And they, they won that game, right? Is did I make that up, or did they finish? <laughs> I don't think you made that up. I think they did win that game. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so there's that too. Um, NFL winning tight end, Evan Ingram. <laughs> Not so, just your yeah. average jag. Yeah. <laughs> Well, maybe kind of. <laughs> so, how close is he to Gerald Everett? Like, if if uh, if you didn't want to spend a ton of fab this week 
to go get Gerald Everett to fix your tight end group. If you had, you know, Cole Komet or Hunter Henry, especially, you want to go fix that. Gerald Everett's there. Uh, uh, Evan Ingram is there. How much is it? How much does it affect? Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, I love that actually because that's a that's a great question, and you instantly made me think. Yeah, a little differently. So, see, I am maybe just at least a small amount concerned about Gerald Everett with Chase Daniel. And just if, you know, we want a tight end because his value, his target volume is still going to probably only be four to six targets. Mm -hmm. We need him to catch three to four of those in a 1.75 tight end premium league. And we need a touchdown. So Chase Daniels might not get us to the end zone quite as much. So I'm kind of like thinking to answer your question i'm gonna play free for all friday or, or next week this week should i say and evan ingram probably clears waivers and i don't yeah, have to pay anything yeah it's very possible yeah i mean the, the i guess the counter to that would be to me everett is kind of an every week type of starter like he's he at least has every single week has the same upside. He has that Jason Witten floor and ceiling all wrapped up into one. Yeah, yeah. Which I I don't feel that way with Evan Ingram. I feel like Evan Ingram is like he's going to have games like this, but I don't know how easy it's going to be to predict them. Like sometimes you can go off the matchups with tight ends. Um, it, whoever plays the Philadelphia Eagles, for instance, is a great tight end play. Uh, and a few years ago, it was the New York Giants and then the Arizona Cardinals. Like, they were just all just awful at stopping tight ends. So, like, there are those matchups where you want to get Evan Ingram in, but that kind of makes him a streamer in in my view. So, you know, it's, and he doesn't it's like, always have the best hands. Yeah. Yeah. And it so it doesn't really settle the tight end position for you if you end up with Evan Ingram. Like, you're still playing the wire every week. You know, so for yeah. me, like, I think that I would still prioritize Gerald Everett just with the idea that, all right, so now that position is set and I can focus on something else. Yeah, I, I don't hate that, man. Yeah, I, I don't mind either move. I think I'm just fine. I think when I get to that point, um, once we get around Tyler Algier, maybe even I'm. Well, you know, Benjamin, I would add, too. I think I'm almost fine just seeing who clears them, and including Evan Ingram. Yeah. But Everett, I do agree. I have Everett over Ingram. Yeah. I'm just being frugal now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I so mean, I still think that's, that's a tough some... one, man. I don't know. You made yeah. me think a little different, and I think that now I kind of want to get just get Evan Ingram for free, even if I am streaming. I don't know the matchup for the week though either. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it that's a legit strategy, especially a tight end to just stream them. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with that. It, it so it all depends. Do you want to play the waiver wire every week at tight end, or do you just want to get this thing settled? And I I don't think there's a right answer. You know, I think, and mm -hmm. in fact, we kind of both represent the it, you know the, each of those strategies. Yeah. So. Um, and then finally, we have Daryl Williams and David Sills. Daryl Williams uh, ends up, uh, he got the uh, the goal line work, gets in the end zone. 
Um, Eno Benjamin is just a better running back. <laughs> like it's just not even, but I, the fact that Daryl Williams was still involved with James Conner out, I like we, I guess we have to talk about him. And then David Sills has been the number two wide receiver for the New York giants uh, behind Sterling Shepard. And that's not going away. Like we could talk about Rich, Richie James, but Wandale Robinson's on his way back from injury. We're going to talk about that a little later right now. It, but, you know, so David Sills, though, has just kind of locked up that that uh, that spot. And it, it's just kind of his to lose. So, you know, I... It'll, it, this is this is kind of like a deep league uh, or a deep roster type of ad, but um, you know I think that that's somebody to uh, to consider if you're desperate. Um, Daryl Williams, like I said, I feel like we've got to talk about him, but I guess my question to you is, do we? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, you're, are are you putting any kind of fab on uh daryl williams just kind of as a contingency for eno benjamin yeah i i just go after eno and if i don't if i don't get him i'm happy yeah you're fine yeah okay that's yeah that's me that, yeah i'm good with that too i think uh man and i wonder if people will throw some fab or their priority on Daryl Williams. But if not, if he clears, I'm fine picking him up after that. If I have somebody to drop, you know, I'm fine making that move. Yeah. I still yeah, pay same, for it. That's exactly how I felt about it. Like we almost made him a fade. Mm-hmm. But I was like, you know what? If he clears waivers, it's it's worth it to pick him up. I just it's, don't want to pay anything. Yep. And those are the guys too that like Sunday, Monday night, if you're in a league that you can drop players that you didn't put in your lineup and they, they do bad, you just drop them for the late Sunday night game, somebody for free, or the Monday night game, somebody for free, just to see what they do. And then yeah. continue doing that forever until you find somebody that you don't want to drop. Yep. Yep. Let's move on to fades. Fade Noah Brown. <laughs> He's <laughs> number two wide receiver right now for the Cowboys. And I believe leads a team in targets uh, through two weeks. If wow. I, remember I did right. not know that. Yeah. And and now you've got a Dalton Schultz injury. So could open up even more volume. Gallup could be back this week. That's the thing. That's the key right there. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not a, a Michael Gallup fan, but. I think that he walks right back into that number two role and bumps yep. Noah Brown back down. Yep, I agree. And that's why we're fading. Um, I I also put on here, so I put Ashton Doolin. He had six targets. He led the, the Colts in targets this week, and I believe in receiving yards as well. That's with Michael Pittman out, Alec Pierce out. <laughs> like, um, you know, fairly heavy. Uh, game script that's that's who jacksonville beat by the way it was a goal and they were playing the colts were playing from behind pretty much the entire game so you know it's a heavy passing game script they're not they're not looking to throw the ball nearly as much as they did and typically he's going to be you know option like four or five so he might have earned himself a little bit more of a role but 
six targets. I don't I don't believe that's happening yeah. again. Don't don't get Travis Fulgumed. Yeah, exactly. Uh I also I, I put Chris Olave on here and I said kinda. We're kinda <laughs> fading Chris Olave. So like I said earlier, just a ridiculous amount of volume, ridiculous number of targets and air yards, you know, per attempt and all all of that stuff looked great. Don't plan on that. We want to roster him, possibly even, you know, consider him for a flex spot most weeks, but let's not go crazy as far as, you know, putting him in the same tier as Drake London, Drake London and Garrett Wilson as rookie wide receivers. Yep. I'm with you there. And now I'm going to let you talk about Austin Eckler. (laughs) (laughs) Man, my fate is Austin Eckler. He's a dynasty sell to me. And I, I know we forget things quick, but if you have Austin Eckler, roster think about how you felt last week yeah and harness that yep and drown in your sorrow keep that keep that that's where you were that's where you need to be those are the feelings that you need to act on so you don't feel that way again and i just think you need to sell him like said earlier i think he was third or fourth in the nfl in receptions so so he was a target hog for the team I think he had 14 carries for only 39 yards, something like that. Mm-hmm. PPR, he got some points. It's time for you to make the move and just get rid of him, man. Reap the rewards. Yeah. The, the time to sell was last year. You're a year behind. Yeah. So I, I felt like he fits a little bit better as a fade than a sell this week just because... Like it's easy, it's pretty easy to say that type of volume is a pretty easy fade, you yeah. know, kind of like what what we just said with Chris Olave. That's not going to happen every week. Yeah, um, I I mean I think that he can be a a sell high for sure, but I don't think that like I I think that there are a lot of different ways for Austin Eckler to score fantasy points, so it's not like a, um. It's it's not quite as crucial as some of the guys we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. but I yeah I'm I, I'm fully on board with the idea of selling high on Austin Eckler if you can. Yep, fade him, sell him. Yeah, John definitely fade have the week. He just categories. Had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tried to sneak it in, but yeah. <laughs> changed it up on you. Um. I, uh, so when we were going to talk about buys and holds, I came in here, uh, to write a Monroe St. Brown, but you had already beat me to it. So I'm going to let you talk about him. So the only guy that I have to talk about is Kyle Pitts. And I want to talk about him just real quick. Uh, after Arthur Smith head coach says, this isn't a fantasy, this isn't fantasy football. We're trying to win games as the excuse for not getting more targets and more receptions and more routes run, honestly, for Kyle Pitts. A lot of people are going to bail on him. And what I would tell you is they don't play the L.A. Rams every week. They don't play that pass rush every week. You don't have to keep your tight end home to block and to help out against Aaron Donald and you know Bobby Wagner and everyone else that they've got across that 
that front seven. You don't have to, they're not going to have to deal with that every week. Kyle Pitts is going to be available to go run routes. Anyone who's freaking out right now about the fact that he had to stay home and block against one of the best pass rush pass rushes in the league this week, relieve them of their stress by trading for their Kyle Pitts right now. I like it. I, I, I want to try to get some Kyle Pitts, I think. Yeah. Yeah, especially in dynasty leagues, man. That's um you've got three guys here though to buy if you don't have them, hold them if you do. Yep. So the easiest two to get I'll go in order is Brandon Ayuk's probably going to be the easiest guy to get or try to buy a little bit lower or to hold. I think that there's better days ahead, even with Jimmy G. I know we were hoping for the breakout with Trey Lance, but Brandon Ayuk has proven himself with Jimmy G two years in a row. I think we're going to see better days ahead, and I think people are a little bit soured on Ayuk. He's still a talented guy. And then James Robinson has shown up two weeks in a row off that injury, and he's proven that he's the lead back, the more talented back on the team. I think that he's somebody that you can still get relatively cheap just because of like a tainted name from people talking bad about him for no reason. I think that James Robinson's somebody you can probably buy. Somebody asked me like, what, what would you want for James Robinson to, to move him? And my answer was you can't move him for the production you're getting. Like you're not going to get that back for somebody like James Robinson. Somebody has to like him a lot. James, that's the problem with James Robinson. You're just, you're going to keep him and you're going to keep getting those points or you're not going to get value back for him. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, another NFL record set by Amon Ra this weekend with the most most games with eight receptions from any wide receiver ever. I think it's eight in a row. This guy just continues to set records. He's beaten like a Calvin Johnson Megatron record. He's beaten Anquan Bolden records for rookie receptions. Like the, the dude's a Done. like he's solidified now you're gonna hear a lot of like yeah but jameson williams is coming back and that's gonna be fun too i i like jameson williams mm-hmm. nonetheless though i think it's obvious amon ra has earned this role on the team and he's doing bigger things than we thought he would jared goff threw four touchdowns this weekend yep one uh, of them went to amon ra yeah so I don't know what the price is on Amon Ross St. Brown today don't and care. like how you buy him. Don't care. Do yeah, it. but yeah, I think you do it. I think that's that was gonna be my angle when I came to put him on our show sheet. I was gonna say you buy high on Amon Ra because this is I mean, you know, last year in twenty twenty one, you know, after week two, week three of Cooper Cup giving you you know, high volume plus a little bit of touchdowns, uh, you know, some touchdown scoring. Like you, it, that was the time where you go make that move. It was going to hurt. It was going to cost a lot, yep. but it was going to get you to a championship ultimately. And he's holding that value now too. Yeah, that's kind of what we're what we're getting with Amon Ra. He like just kept going. Yeah, 
It's funny it's, you see the people they're like, well, it, no, nobody knew he would do this. Nobody thought he could do this with Jared Goff. And it's like, it's only two games this year, guys. What about the six you all remember last year at the end of the season that everybody talks about? You know, like he's been doing this. It, yeah. Just believe it. They just don't have an excuse anymore. Like yeah. there's <laughs> now, now you've got Swift, you've got Hawkinson. Those guys are healthy. Now Shark. you've got GJ Shark there. Yep. Yeah. And, and he's still doing this. He's, he's honestly, he's cutting into TJ Hawkinson more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so and, and Jamison Williams comes back and, and, you know, it cuts into Josh Reynolds and DJ Chark and, you know, just that whole collection James of outside Williams guys. opens up that field. Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't Hopefully, affect them. Right. Yeah. At least negatively doesn't impact. I'm Ra, with you. So. Yeah. I, I like this one a lot. I think you, you go by high when you find these guys who are just going to be an unfair advantage, kind of what I've been talking about at the running back position with Swarkley hashtag Swarkley. When you find that at wide receiver, too, you go get it. There's going to be one guy who's just unfair, you know, yeah. like just kind of a hammer for fantasy purposes that nobody can stop. And last year is Cooper Cup. This year it's Amon Ross St. Brown. So, you know, now's the time to buy, uh, even it. though it's going to be expensive. Uh, some guys you can sell. Uh, Darren Waller. This is a trend that started under John Gruden, by the way. He's coming off the field for Foster Moreau. This is happening fairly frequently. Uh, he's losing targets to Foster Moreau, and especially around the goal line. Um, Josh McDaniels is is just continuing this trend now. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I, I feel like there's it, – so it's a huge mess in the Baltimore backfield right now. Uh, last week it was Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. This year, this week it was primarily Mike Davis and Justice Hill. And it's just going to be a bigger and bigger mess each week. And I think the expectation from a lot of people is that J.K. Dobbins comes in and consolidates his backfield. And I just, I don't believe that to be the case. Not this season. I th I'm I'm fully on board with J.K. Dobbins in 2023, but I think he's going to be in and out of the lineup, or they're going to keep him. They're going to limit his usage in order to you know continue the rehab, kind of handle him with kids' gloves. So the anybody who thinks that J.K. Dobbins is going to come in here and just completely consolidate that backfield, you know, sell him to him to them because yeah. That's that that's not in the cards. He's a tough one, man, because I, I really like J.K. Dobbins a lot or liked him, however you want to say it. Not too often, though, do you see a third year breakout running back, even if it's because of injuries. So, man, I traded away J.K. Dobbins for a 2023 first kind of recently. I have quite a bit of Dobbins, so it was just it was one share, but I'm kind of with you on the sell too. I'm kind of concerned now. Yeah. I'd yep. be stubborn if I wasn't. It would be just <laughs> take luck. Yeah. You that's... know, and hopefully he comes back healthy. 
I, I hope we're wrong. Honestly, I, I'd love to see J.K. Dobbins take over that backfield, oh. and I think he has the talent. But yes, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm going to be in going into 2023. I'm going to be so ridiculously high on J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, it, it's it's always a, it's a off of the ACL. It's a two year process. Yep. He's only put in one year so far. Yeah, and now look so, at Barkley. Yep, exactly. Dalvin Cook a few years ago, same thing. So, um, Damian Pierce is the other guy that I'm selling. Uh, finally has the breakout game in a field goal party that they were winning. It, it's a game script that the Houston Texans are not going to find themselves in very often. I don't think that they're going to have the opportunity to run the ball with Damian Pierce uh, nearly as often as they did this week against Denver. It's it's just uh, they're going to find themselves chasing points quite a bit, and I think when you get into that position, I think you're going to see a lot more Rex Burkhead and then just a lot more throwing the football. So so I I, I don't mind Damian Pierce, but I think that, there's probably an opportunity to sell him based on the idea that he's going to be a workhorse running back in a run first offense. And I don't believe that either one of those things is going to be the case. Yeah. I think uh, he's the kind of person you almost need to pair him with somebody else. Yeah. Just because then they'll be like, Oh, okay. It's Damian Pierce and Darren Waller. Yeah. You know, so that's not that bad. It just sounds kind of appealing. And then, but yeah, Damian Pierce might need a little bit more time and an injury to really see what we want to. Yep. And I want to sell Travis Etienne. I I still, yeah, you do. I still think there's enough people out there that like him more than you. Yeah. There's somebody in your league that likes him more than you. And that's why you sell him. I mean, Honestly, he needs a James Robinson injury to happen. And even then, I'm still – go ahead, Snoop Connor. There's the next week this week for you. Okay. I'm going to throw him on there real quick. Nice. <laughs> Get cheap. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I'd be a little surprised if uh, Snoop replaces Travis Etienne. But no, you need an injury to either of those guys. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And we talked about this last week too. And it's still the case. I mean, James Robinson's just taking over that backfield more and more each week. Yep. And Travis Etienne has, you know, name recognition, name value. And I mean, it's, it's all predicated on that draft capital. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that it's, that I would say that it'll never happen for Travis Etienne, but I don't think that this is going to be a year where you see very much out of Travis Etienne. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm good with that. Um, all right. One last segment, uh, our very favorite next week, this week. So the idea again, being you we're looking for guys who are going likely to clear waivers this week. Uh, likely to be uh, available when we get to first come, first serve. You pick them up for free now because next week, at least in theory, next week, uh, sometime soon, 
these guys are all going to be worth quite a bit more. They're going to be high waiver priorities and they're going to cost you something that you didn't want to have to spend. So, yeah, uh, I qualified that this time because I'm starting with Brian Robinson, who I don't believe is is even eligible to come back in week three. I no, believe week five, I think. Yeah, week five. But uh, we've been talking about uh, about Jamison Williams quite a bit, and yep. I think we're getting close with him too. Been saying, you know, we want to add these guys. We want to add him early, you know, a couple weeks too early, and already have him when he when he's activated. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with Brian Robinson. I think. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I think you want to. You want to pick him up now. You have to stash him for two weeks before you even get to see him play, much less start him. But, uh, you know, I think that now is the time to to do it and get him for free. Would you drop all of our drops that we had on this week's show, Kenny Galladay, Hunter Henry, Cole Komet, and Kadarius Toney for um, Brian Robinson or Jameson Williams? after waivers i probably would um hunter henry would be the tough one even in a redraft league just because i i would have to already have another tight end option on waivers or mm, on, well, on my free roster. guy here for you that's true that's true but I, think, I would make those moves, though, for either Brian Robinson or Jameson Williams. For the rest of those guys, I absolutely would. Hunter Henry is the only tough one just because, you know, if I'm only dedicating one roster spot. and it's a tight end. Yeah, I'm, if I'm dropping a tight end, I need to find another tight end. But, yeah, if I've got the ability to, you know, to, uh, to cover tight end, um, and get him off of my roster, I would be perfectly fine yeah. clearing that spot for one of these guys. Um, yep. Let's see. So I, I also put on here Matt Breda, Saquon Barkley's handcuff. That's, that's all it is. I mean, it's, it's, he's getting, he's getting all of the work when Saquon Barkley comes off the field. Like he gets tired from breaking a long run. <laughs> <laughs> goes to the sideline for some Gatorade. It's Matt Breda time for a you know for a couple plays. So it you know if Saquon Barkley were to go down, Matt Breda is the guy who immediately uh, becomes startable for fantasy purposes. So and this is back to the whole handcuff running backs thing. Handcuff your own running backs because the moment Saquon Barkley, if if Saquon Barkley were to miss time. That's the that's the precise week that you need a replacement, and we know for a fact that Matt Breda is available at that moment. Yeah, and personally, I think it was stupid when people were saying this last year, but I'm still going to bring it up, but I don't know why. But Matt Breda was getting better yards per carry last year when he was healthy, when Barkley was out, than Barkley did on the season. Mm-hmm. And Matt Breda is not Barkley. That is not, I'm not that person. I'm not saying that, but Matt Breda did pretty decent last year when Barkley was out. He was a startable fantasy asset. Yep. Yep. Exactly. 
Um, let's see. We've got other running backs. We've got Jarek McKinnon gets in the end zone for Kansas City. Seven me, for seven this week. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice game in the passing game, and it it was a game script thing. So what I'm what I think is happening here is McKinnon is kind of like the uh, the direct backup to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, like, I think they play the same role, and I think Isaiah Pacheco has his own role, which is kind of, you know, clock grinder, you know, closer um, type of guy. And and so if Clyde Edwards-Alaire were to get hurt, I don't know that it changes very much for Isaiah Pacheco. I think Jarek McKinnon would be the one to, uh, to take on that workload. Yeah. Um, Pierre and Strong. He had a decent role last year, too. Yeah. Yep. Kind of really wherever did. he goes, he ends yep. up he gets on the field. Um Pierre Strong, I mean they're down basically to Ramondre Stevenson is the only healthy guy. Damian Harris has a nice game and then goes out with an injury at the in the fourth quarter. They might be down to Stevenson and Pierre Strong and we know that the New England Patriots use one uh, use a committee of running backs yep. regardless of who they have. They'll just use whoever is available. Uh, and Travis Homer. Um, and then I also threw on Sna- uh, Snoop Connor for you. Is <laughs> the next week this week. But he Travis needs a Homer. lot to happen to have that role. But, I mean, I, I think that that's the kind of offense that's going to be utilizing at least two running backs throughout the season. So I think if either of Robinson or ETN go down, I think Snoop Connor gets an opportunity right away. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I mean, I think he's it's, in the right spot on the list, though, like at the bottom, honestly, like of yeah. the next week, this week. I think he's fair. He belongs at the bottom of this list. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Travis Homer, pass catching specialist for Seattle. He ends up he he got the most snaps of any Seattle running back this week in a game that they were losing basically wire to wire. Uh, the idea is they're probably going to be in a lot of game scripts like that. <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty favorable for Travis Homer yep. most of the time. So uh, likely will be startable at some point. Um, so we talked about Jamison Williams, the other wide receiver. We've got Wandale Robinson due to come back off of injury soon for the Giants. We've hammered on their wide receivers a lot. <laughs> There's a need there. There's a void. And then tight ends, Tyler Conklin. And then Foster Moreau, I talked about Darren Waller and the fact that Foster Moreau is getting on the field, uh, replacing him, um, especially in goal line situations. So that's that. They're also running a lot of two tight end sets. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely a path there. Tyler Conklin was the other guy. And uh, you actually, you had him as. I want to say a buy. Yeah, I'm somewhere. I think as a buy. I, I mean, he. I think he had eight targets last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He had a he had a big game as well. Um, clearly outplaying CJ Uzoma. Yep. For the Jets at this point, so. Um, but we moved him to next week. This week, just because I kind of think that the roster ship is low enough. Like I think he's going to be available even in some deeper dynasty leagues. Yep. He's got that Jets taint. Yeah. The stink of the Jets. 
so yeah he's probably i think he's i think he's a great like next week this week yeah yeah so that was but our dynasty list. if i need a tight end I, i'll try to i'll try to prime sure. from you yeah 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 absolutely especially if you got a tight end premium yeah mm-hmm. um what did we miss who did we miss this week we went a little long but uh hit on a lot of names did we miss anything I don't think we missed a lot. You know, when yes. you're prioritizing these guys, if you do have an empty IR spot, pick up Brian Robinson and Jameson Williams first and then pop back in and get who's left and, and then have them on your move the one to your IR, obviously, and then pick up somebody else. But I, I think this is the time to start picking up Brian Robinson and Jameson Williams just because we're already talking about it. Other people are talking about it and it'll get here and they'll be rostered. So Brian Robinson, when healthy, probably has a quicker path to opportunity than a wide receiver off injury. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say so. So maybe prioritize him a little bit ahead of Jameson. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. Um, Last week for our waiver priorities, you talked about Jahan Dotson and you were super high on him. And I was trying to push, you know, backup running backs ahead of him <laughs> for you. And uh, I, I like you were very agreeable, but ultimately wanted to say, nah, Jahan Dotson is a priority. He has another monster game. It, it look, it, it's a sneaky good offense. And he looks like he's going to be heavily, heavily involved. Uh, throughout the season so um, yeah seems like uh, if we could go back and correct week two I would just (laughs) defer to you on Jahan Dodson being the top priority I think that's about it I mean I want a a yard short of a he had three touchdowns yeah two week one and then three week two that's crazy yeah I know I know. So it sounds like, you know, hindsight is probably going to lead us next week. We're going to be saying, I'm going to be saying, oh, we should have had Tyler Algier as a higher priority. That's what it sounds like. Oh, I was wrong. He only had one. I I have to correct that. And I I don't mean to interrupt you, but he only had one touch. He has three total on the season. Yeah. So my bad. Yeah. Still, I mean, yeah. again, heavily involved, getting in the end zone, much better offense than anyone expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, next week, uh, you know, here we are saying Tyler Algier, we had him fifth, fifth priority. I still think Jimmy Garoppolo is the top priority. I still think Chase Daniels could be the second priority in the right situation. Uh, but let's just move Tyler Algier up now ahead of Josh Palmer and Gerald Everett. <laughs> just, just to, uh, just to. Oh my gosh, uh, that's a lot of. Pre- yeah, that's just a lot chase of chase the trend. <laughs> yeah. Gonna jinx us. That yeah, is, you can handle it though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is your standard operating procedures for week three of the fantasy football season all that's left is for you to go and execute i'm as superflex dude he's at swagzilla zero g until next week